won't back down. With Will Levinson, Jake Lehman, and Sam Potosa. Welcome back to the Won't Back Down podcast. We are here. The Gainesville plague's been going around. I've been having the sniffles, but and seemingly so have the Gators as they go down to the Kentucky Wildcats last week, and now a great opportunity to get back on track against the Bulls. You know who doesn't have the sniffles or the sads is um, surfing Dan Mullen. Shaka, bruh. Y'all see that video on Twitter? Like oh, that? I didn't, I didn't see it. Oh, no. I didn't he see it. Up, he, he, he's, he posted the wake surfing video. He, had, he, he put up the, uh, the double shaka and the tongue out. It was oh my unbelievable God. stuff. From well, if I was getting paid the $12 million, $12 million, man. million dollar buyout <laughs> to go but like, wakeboarding in a right. wake house, but like, I would, but I would let's be, be real. happy, too. Yeah. But let's be real. Like, I mean, he might be doing that anyway if he was still coaching there. He probably was doing it anyway. Yeah, like... Yeah, well, we lost. used to like the surfing videos. They used they were we cool. used to really they enjoy cool. those. Well, we yeah. really they were this guy. Cool. Our coach is when cool. We winning, yeah. He's out surfing, not recruiting. He's making our football team worse. By he wears Yeezys. Um, Mullen, you, you know who else wears Yeezys? I, I know who we else call wears home here. A one and zero coach, a undefeated NFL coach, who in his first career coach co- game coaching defeated the greatest coach of all time, second greatest coach of all time. He did. Behind Don Shula. Fins up. All right, let's talk about Gators football. Gators football, college do we, football. Do we hit the panic button after losing to Kentucky at home, Jake? <laughs> clickbait no. will. Yeah, that okay, that's that's yeah. the clickbait. You're, it's very on brand for Does you, Florida hit the panic button? <laughs> that's the click. Everybody just clicked. Yeah. What a headline. That's going to be the headline of the podcast, so everybody clicks on it. Just just <laughs> for the click. Do we hit the panic I'm not hitting the panic button. Why? I, I I would make that no. I'd make it the headline of the article, and then the article would just be like, no, no, and that's yeah, it. Yeah. What was your guys? What, what was that? Hold on. What was that? What was that? There was something a couple of years ago. There was like some website that a team like made like post the link for, and it was just like, did this team win? And it was just like, I think it was Louisville. Do you remember that? It was like it was like four years ago. Louisville, what when they went like two and ten? No, no, it was just one thing. It was like oh, I, I, you I know, I, I so don't remember. It just I'm, I, I'm disappointed that I brought it up, but it's th- there was some team that made a web. Maybe it was South Carolina that made a website and it was like, did be, did this team win this week? And it would just say no, like for their rival. Like the website just said no. Yeah, maybe. What was your guys' record prediction for Florida again? I said eight and four, nine, nine and three. three, nine and three, nine and three, nine okay. and three was Did my you have prediction. Beating Utah. Yeah, I had a starting two and zero. So I had us starting probably three and one. So that's still feasible though. Right? Everything. Exactly. No, I had a starting yeah. two and zero, two and zero, but then losing to Tennessee. If we beat Tennessee, we are well on track. Tennessee here's, was. Here's yeah. my two cents on the issue. We looked horrible. Anthony looked terrible. It's honestly one of the craziest one eighties I've seen from a player. Unfortunate. But it's also due to the fact that everyone anointed him the greatest thing since sliced bread the week of, including us. We kind of we did, yeah. We kind of we dipped our nose in the rat yeah. poison a little. We bit. We I cut you in, off twenty two minutes in into ogling, but it's okay because we had we every were, right to ogle. Yeah, I mean, we were we were we were over this man. I don't want to say we had every right to, but yes, we were excited. We were at that game. We had great seats. As it happened, yeah. it was it was our game. We we were there. It was great. Well, it was a payoff but, too. After uh, I mean, a calendar year. Oh, really yeah, after of, a horrible calendar year of sports, but. It was a big well, I'm sure Anthony. Had. What I'm trying to say is we've seen, as longtime Gator fans, we have all seen bad Gator teams in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. That looked just as bad as any of them. So, I mean, But it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. I mean, exactly. Kentucky, played, played. Kentucky played their, 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 their guts out. They played a heck of a football game. Yeah. And a, a pick six is what 
lost us the game. That's That was the play. But what I'm trying to say from that point is, as Gator fans and as hopefully our audience is Gator fans, mm-hmm. you know that we've been through some bad times. And if we're not going to be great this year, which I hope we'll learn from this, I think we have every opportunity to get fine. better from this. But if we're not great from this, this isn't anything we haven't seen. We know it's a rebuilding year. Like, we know it was supposed to be a rebuilding year, at least. I'm not saying that's what I think for the rest of the season, but Big Will, I know you want to give me a counterpoint, so I'll leave it to you. It's not even a counterpoint. I just want to say this. Like, it's it's simple. Florida prepared all offseason for Utah. That was the game. That was that they, they had they had to beat Utah in that first game. That was the big ticket one. And obviously, they were, they were, they were putting in time to Kentucky, but it was first, you, you first got to beat Utah if you want to think about Kentucky. Kentucky completely overlooked Miami of Ohio. They had spent their entire offseason preparing for Anthony Richardson, preparing for the Florida Gators. Yeah, and they brought and people back from suspension for the game, too. Exactly. Jordan Wright. He, exactly. he played a hell of a game. Heck yeah. of a game. They, and, and, and credit Kentucky because their plan for Anthony Richardson was perhaps the best we had seen to this point. Maybe only up there with Georgia. But Georgia, that was just pure talent that beat. In his three starts. <laughs> I mean, but, but not even just three starts. Like, every time we've seen him on the field, like LSU, obviously FAU, USF, and then last week against a good Utah team, he looked dominant. He looked unstoppable. Because but he Kentucky, looked confident in those Exactly. Spots. And here's the thing, okay? Kentucky was very prepared for him. They had a great plan for him. And he missed, he had a couple guys open on the first drive. He got hurt on the first drive. He got a little, little nicked up. You could tell what's affecting him. Not, I'm sure he's fine, but he missed a couple open throws, and it felt like the the game plan for Kentucky, his injury, his pain, and then the missed throws shot his confidence, and and, and his confidence wasn't there. And I think we're underestimating the importance of confidence for young quarterbacks. Confidence, well, especially is, is, when he, you know he's trying to prove to the all the NFL scouts in the building. Not just NFL scouts. They were. I mean, I was in the press box. There were. A, 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 half the people there were just NFL scouts. It was unbelievable. Right, yeah. And it's not even just that. It's just like, think about it from an emotional standpoint. This guy grew up in Gainesville. He grew up going to Gator games every single weekend. It's been his dream since he was born, since he was a, a, an infant, to play at the Swamp. But he finally gets to do that and plays. The, it's, it's the best game of his life. I mean, and to follow that up, and I mean, you could hear that. I mean, the pressure was immense, and when you missed those throws early, it it was unfortunate. Look, if the reason, and you said this, Jake, to me, if the reason why you lose to a now top 10 Kentucky team is because your, your star quarterback plays poorly, that's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I told you. I mean, if we're going to lose a quarterback, Anthony being the reason why is actually a best case scenario exactly. for me. Exactly. Yeah, but w- what I was getting on is not to say that I think it's going to be a rough road ahead. I actually think he has every opportunity to learn from this and get better. Absolutely. I think, and I think we could have eliminated an issue like this if he started last year. I made that point to Well, yeah, the growing pains were going to happen at some point. When I mean, your right. first three starts happen. are against all three top And what teams. I at least like to think about the staff is that they're kind of more teachers than just disciplinarians. Like, they're going to use this loss and hopefully grow from it. That And if they don't, then that's kind of a red flag in itself. But I guess it's year one. Mm-hmm. But... I think every opportunity is still ahead of us. We knew we weren't going to make the college football playoff this year. People who are anointing us that after week one clearly, yeah, yeah. clearly had no grasp for yeah. the national college football landscape. But I think everything is ahead of us. I think we are going to beat USF this week. We'll get to our prediction. Oh, I, I think we're going to beat them in dominating fashion. I do yeah. think Anthony will bounce back. I think this is going to be a great game to get up his confidence. We saw how he played against you. <laughs> 
We saw it. Sorry about that. <laughs> you saw he played against play. USF last year. And then with that confidence, you rolled into Knoxville, a defense that is shoddy at best. And yes, I know about that passing attack with Heat on Hooker. My roommate Josh Edelman tells me about it all the time. Oh, Josh Edelman probably had a great, uh, great couple, couple days after. Anthony Richardson's unfortunate Miss, performance. He, yeah, Mr. AR hater. He was, Mr. Uh, he was sipping the tea a little Dan bit. Was right. <laughs> was, Dan was right. Dan was right. He was sipping the tea. He From the bat, he said, Anthony looks horrible tonight. And I was getting a little irritated by it at first. Were you with him during the game? I, I was right with him. He was two people over from me. Uh-huh. Usually, we usually stay close during the games. And, yeah, he, he, he didn't enjoy watching it, but you could see. You could see it in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Now, it would have helped his case if Emory played well at Oklahoma State. Which he didn't. He did not. I didn't. Wait, wait, wait. What was the score in that game? Because that, that was my lock of the week. Um, I forgot. To, I forgot yeah, we that. told ever. I mean, we said before the season, right? If we, any game where we're not able to impose our will and really push around the other team on the ground, it's going to be a struggle this season. Not even because there's anything. I mean, Anthony could have been a lot better. There were open guys. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of, what people want to blame Billy for with, you know, ultra conservative play calling is really just a lack, a complete lack of faith in the uh, wide receiver room, the tight end room. I agree. And yeah, that's a remnant of Dan Mullen recruiting. It it's more dire probably than it really ever has been at Florida. And yes, the play calling it, it definitely brought back shades of, you know, Nussmeyer, McIlwain, but those teams had talent on the outside and didn't maybe have a quarterback after Will Greer. But I think, a lot of the ultra conservative stuff you're seeing from Billy is kind of a, just a complete, like you know, lack of. There were a lot of miscommunications between Anthony and the receivers. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see next season and the following before we completely write off Billy as a play caller, and maybe by then he won't be the play caller. I don't know. That again, that was kind of one question we had coming in about Billy, but I would like to see, you know, how different it looks when we've actually got explosion on the outside. I just wish. During the Kentucky game. Other than Ricky Pearsall, right, who I think should be getting a lot of those bubble screens. We're the thing that I didn't like about Kentucky, it just felt like there were a lot less movement on offense. Just as far as moving the line, moving Anthony, a lot more, a lot less synchronization. It was more just drop back, curl routes, lower, shorter routes. There, there just it felt like there was a lot more bootlegs, a lot more sweeps, and again, the, the, all this the rollouts offense, we saw against the Utah, rollouts, that was the exactly. bread and butter. Now, I. I just want to see more of that. Want, you know, some people really bought into the uh, you know impact that the early injury had on Anthony's performance in the offense. Some didn't. I don't know. You know, missing all the throws that he did, again, it, he'll bounce back. I don't know if I want to blame that on the injury, but the play calling and, and, you know, how different it was from Utah, I think there's no question that it was sort of – Trying to I'm not really buying too much into all that. Like I'm not I'm not doubting the play he, calling that wise he, though, that I he could have been hurt. I'm not doubting yeah. that the play calling was bad. I'm just ready to chalk it up as a bad game. Quarterbacks have bad games. Yeah. Inexperienced coaching staffs have bad games. Inexperienced quarterbacks have bad games. And a thin receiving room that we knew was going to be a problem had a bad game. I'm just excited to see the response. I think it's perfect timing that we're playing USF this week. It's a night game, so the swamp will still be pretty packed. I don't know about the student section. The student section might not be as. <laughs> they bug. might show. We might show. I mean, I'm There's, not. I mean, show, the, the student section. Three will of us. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. I won't but be there. Well, Big Will actually will not be there. I will not be there because I will be in Baltimore, Maryland. 
as the Dolphins take on the Ravens. But that's not neither here, here nor there. I was in the student section. Uh, I was not in the student section last week as well. I had the opportunity of being in the press box. And actually, my job when I work for Gators Communications is to track participation of every single Gator player. And it's actually really cool because I get perhaps the greatest pair of binoculars I've ever used in my entire life, in which I am sitting there in the press box able to clearly see the expression on a drunk Sampatosa's face. I don't know if I, if you saw the video I sent in our group chat, yeah, the was, uh, 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 the video of, of, of Bobby Bacala on TV to oh, start at Kentucky. At the, it, it was kick he was on TV. He was just okay. I it was it was that. literally nah, like dude, I was like pissed drunk on national television, That's and awesome. it was and it yeah. was just like and it I, was, I, I was trying to do like the U down thing. Oh yeah, but they caught me just doing the U. Wait, the oh. they didn't they didn't catch the down exactly. part. They caught me. It's, it was like a prank. Yeah, the yeah. producer in the truck was probably like, "Look at this drunk idiot trying to do the U down. Let's fuck with him." It was like just before the game. Here, I'll, I'll show it, it to you. It, it, I mean, it's it's terrible podcasting. Wait. Oh my god, I missed this. Maybe maybe we should put throw it on the little back down Twitter so our listeners can see it. But it, it is. Let's, let's wait until after I get a few applications in. <laughs> it's so funny. Four <laughs> That's great. Dude, and it, did you see there was 4.6 million people watching that broadcast? Oh, my goodness. And, <laughs> wait, but, and that was, like, just before kickoff. It was, like, the probably, like... Why'd you do the U, though? I was, was trying to do, like, the U, U down then, thing, but they the, wait, wait, me. But this is a Kentucky game, though. I just wanted to get it on. I, was, I don't know what was going through my drunk head at the time. Because uh, when you, you said the U was, down thing, I thought you meant Wants Utah. Was, Wants was right near me, and Wants threw up the U last game. Oh, Kane's so on I fire, wanted yeah. to throw the down. Josh Edelman on national TV in the Hernandez jersey. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that's great. That's probably why they so shot So I was in the press box, actually, and I yeah. and I had a, I was there's TV screens there, and these guys were on TV all the time. But anyway, the binoculars were really cool because I got to see their expressions on their face. And also, I always disappoint. I don't like being in the press box. But Florida's press box, in comparison yeah. to the Dolphins or or other NFL teams, is that it's open air, so you can hear. Mm-hmm. What, having the sound and the feeling of the game is a big deal because you miss that in most press boxes. So when you have the binoculars, it feels like I'm there because the binoculars are so clear, and I'm just right there, and it, it gave me a different perspective. I got to focus on the offensive lines, and it was very clear. The push from the offensive line was just not what it was last week. I mean, I knew it was going to take a step back, but it took a bit of, bit of a, a lot more of a step back than I was expecting. Yeah, we talked about it again. Utah, they're known right for being physical compared to the most most of the Pac-12, and that sort of right. is like what the national media talked about in terms of Utah was. You know, they're always good on the line of scrimmage, but when you really actually look into you know the roster and look at the the measurements of those guys. yeah we just said it kentucky's just bigger yeah it's sec versus pac 12 and that showed now kentucky kentucky on the d-line and at linebacker better than most of the teams that we're going to face this season certainly better at linebacker yeah. linebacker was the biggest probably position uh difference compared to utah i think defensively the stretch we're about to go on is the easiest stretch we have all season Def- when you combine USF, I don't think Tennessee has a legitimate defense at all. They looked well, okay a- against Pitt's backup quarterback. I'll give them that. Yeah. Wait, wait. Keaton got hurt? Yeah, he was out for the second half. I didn't know that. I, didn't I think know. it was that a concussion. screwed my spread. I'd, I'd Pitt plus six and a half in the road to Embers. <sighs> Damn. It was seven. Have I explained yeah. the road to Embers on the podcast? No, I don't think you have. Uh, uh, well, Tell the road to Embers listen. is a, I don't want to call it a side bet. A, I would, uh, let's call it a competition. It's very cool. Between me and my roommate, Josh Edelman. Maybe we'll get him on here at some point to give his side of it. And we bet each other 
that we are going to pick 10 spreads each week. We pick from the same games. We just pick the 10 best games each week in college football. We pick the sides of the spreads, and each game you get right is a point. And each, you get to pick one double game a week, meaning if you're so confident in it that you'll bet twice on it. So, like, let's just say, like, last week, my double game was Alabama spread. Obviously, it didn't fucking hit, but that was my double. Like, if Alabama spread hit, that was my double. Right. And we keep the points. And at the end of the year, whoever, after championship week, we're not sticking through bowl seasons, whoever gets the most points is buying the other person dinner in Embers. <laughs> it's called the Road to Embers. Road to Embers. Self-explanatory. Nick Del Torre, he'll be all over that. He would. He's a big Embers guy. Maybe, I'm a maybe, big Embers maybe guy. Maybe I'll tweet it out for him. Should I tweet it out for my Big J account or Bob? Mm. Mm. Did you ever use the Big J account? I never use it, but people tag me in stuff sometimes. Like Cam Parker tagged me in something. Your Big there. J accounts, well, that's what we use for Won't Back Down. That's like in the bio. That is so. what I use for Won't Back Down. That is one of my more bigger podcasting regrets. If you, were. you should have just been Bobby. I should have yeah. just had the persona. Persona, not too late to switch. It's not too late <laughs> to switch. What if, what if I just had like the men in black like memory eraser thing and use it on our entire it, audience? Uh, oh, Will, let's drop a new intro featuring Will Levinson, Shake Lehman, and Bobby Bacala. And Bobby <laughs> Bacala, yeah, the third. Um, how's Curtis. Karen Zidi? Karen Zidi, um, I'm still clinging on to it. It's a little freezer burned at this mm-hmm. point, but it's my mom. Uh. Anyway, well, you all, yeah, well, you all want to go well, through no, observations, no. bullet points, gripes, good stuff from the Kentucky game. I can start. I know we were all there. There were certain things we all saw. One, the running back rotation. I don't want to say shades of Dan again because I like Naquan. He's capable of a lot of good stuff, especially in the past game. But in a get where we're when we're trying to just strictly run between the tackles, Trevor or Montreal. But I love you could Trevor. just tell. Defenses aren't scared of Naquan. And no. Again, I've been saying in the in He's a game a like the Tennessee blocker. game, Georgia, when we have to spread it out a little bit, you know, like he'll make an impact. He might even make an NFL roster as a third down back. But Trevor and Montrell clearly are. Trevor can run Trevor, the rock. Yeah. I mean, I, this guy, I, it's unbelievable. Like mm-hmm. he was even more impressive this week than last week. Yeah, I agree. And he I is think so he shifty. is clearly our most explosive playmaker on offense. Right yeah, now. I think you have to line him up at receiver. I know I said that last week. I think you got to try it because he's not hey, only give can him a receiver space, he can create yards after the catch. That's something a lot of our receivers can't really do besides exactly. Ricky. Ricky. Yeah, like again, Justin the, Shorter the, can't do that. No, no, he can't catch the ball. He's good yeah. for a couple of drops. I forget. I, Justin Shorter, does he have a catch? Shorter, also shorter or will or like be 30 catch. years old in he the USFL. He has USFL. four catches for 51 yards. I was editing an article yesterday for ESPN. Shorter yeah. might be, again, like, t- we could be 10 years down the line, eight years removed from his UF career, and I'll still be like, man, Justin Shorter, he, if, he, if he puts it all together, man. like I still believe. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like yeah, married back in he Pennsylvania. He still might do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, those screen passes, I, I get why they're a big part of our playbook. Again, just you know, making it things comfortable for Anthony, you know, limiting risk. But I want to see one to Ricky Pearsall. One. I'm going to put my big will cap on. Mm -hmm. And from sources, I've heard that the screen has been getting practiced heavily. Practiced this week. I mean, I I, I don't know how happy that'll make everyone in here. Well, I mean, it's been not not surprising at all. Um, defensively, Devin Moore is our second best corner. I agree. He oh yeah, is I think a future All American. Devin Moore and Shamar James so should good. both be starters right now. Yeah, well, Scooby's going to start this week because Ventral's out. That sucks. Yeah, yeah well, Ventral's out, but it's, it's okay. different it's linebacker spots though. I, no, 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 no. It's USF. Uh, no, 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 no. How's Jerry I actually, playing at USF? Who? Jerry Bahannon. You remember him? 
Really? Oh, from Baylor. I mean, I don't know. No, I, I am actually, like, happy that Ventro's not playing. Like, give the young guys all the opportunities against USF. Yeah, Just, Scooby yeah. Williams. Big yeah, game. no, I want to see Scooby play. Well, let's see Scooby um, Shamar. No, obviously, I mean, Ventro didn't play most of, uh, most or all of the second half. I mean, he, the defense <laughs> hurt. It missed him a lot. They did, but I, that, I don't think, made the difference. No, it didn't make the lot. difference, but you could just definitely tell it. we struggled to stop their run game a lot more without him. More. Nothing compared to Utah, though. No, 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 no. But, but it was, it, it, they were still able to run. does not have a passing touchdown yet. And, and, and listening. Anthony Richardson, so. Listening to the... That's a good point. <laughs> so anyway, so for me, so when I worked the game, mm-hmm. and at, so about with six minutes left, it was just before the fourth and seven at our own 30-yard line that we missed that we had to give the ball to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I th- oh, you know what? No, it was the second fourth down. Just before the second fourth down, after they had just missed the field goal, we go four and out. Um, I get to be on the field. So remember, I was like walking. I walked onto the field just for that fourth down. First of all, it's clearly... Just this is a very difficult fan base to fle- to please because yeah. I was on the the Florida sideline, literally in between a lot of very very unhappy alumni and Billy just kind of roaming the sidelines. This poor guy, <laughs> people are yelling the most heinous things at this guy, and I'm like, last week we loved him, and it was it was just kind of sad. It was just sad. I was disappointed that like this fan base is like that. He I think knew though when he took the job. No, nah, he knew, and he has to know, and that's just you what know. it is. I don't think but he really cares. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I he didn't seem to care. He was kind of. If doing anyone's his thing. not going to give a single shit, it's Billy Napier. Exactly, he, which is good. The man's which, unflappable. Which is good, but it was just it was just wild to just kind of be there and just see the people just yelling relentlessly at him and him just kind of just perusing the sidelines. Effort. Relentless effort, but anyway. So after the game, so after the game, I uh, was in the press. Pre- the, I was in the uh, press conferences for Billy and whatnot, and if you actually watch the live video and skip the two, 12 minutes and 25 seconds, you'll see me of Billy's post-game press conference against the uh, Kentucky Wildcats. Afterwards, anyway, Jervon uh, Dexter, Dexter spoke, and the way that he spoke about Ventrell Miller and speaking about just his sheer importance, like I, I don't think I've seen a defensive player. I mean, maybe it's just he's not a coach, so maybe it's not, it's not coach speak, but like, when you talk about a defensive player going down, it's always, you know, next man up, like, you know, with those guys behind him. But the way that, you know, Gervon talked about Ventrell and just saying, like, yeah, he's everything for us. He is our, he is our, def- he is our captain. He is our, we, like, basically said we need him. Yeah, well, he is a coach on the field. Because when exactly. Shamar is out there, and by the way, Shamar may have a starting role by the end of this. Oh, no, he, yeah. he absolutely will. Bernie looks improved, but Shamar, no, actually, you can I, tell. I'm pretty sure Shamar game. James actually started against Utah. He didn't play the majority of the snaps, but I believe he started against yeah. I mean, it's a wash, but right, no, Ventrell, just... when it's the two of them out there, Ventrell's five years older than Shamar James. That's, That's insane. He got a sixth year next to a You're first year. You're learning from a seasoned vet. Yeah. Insane. But, um, I mean, speaking of true freshmen, there were times against Kentucky, I don't think we saw it against Utah, four true freshmen on the field at the same time on defense. Four out of the 11 true freshmen. McClellan wow. at tackle, Shamar, yeah. Devin Moore at corner, and then Kamari Wilson, who... Exactly. Well, Scooby had to be on the field, too. I mean, second half. He's a redshirt freshman, but yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, I remember I he, he, I actually will always love Scooby because I had a shift, like, right when he committed. Yeah. And it was, like, the breaking news. Like, he just committed, and I was doing a trending. And so I, I, it's like he's, like, the one recruit ever that I, like, broke the news to the ESPN Gainesville radio listeners that he was nice. that he'd committed. So, I, I, to me, he's always like that guy. I was working a shift when Eugene Wilson committed this summer. Nice. I wrote, I wrote the story on WRUF.com. Yeah, very cool. I was very working cool. a shift when uh, March Madness got canceled. So, I wow. put that on the wow. air. Wow, you beat That was my trend. Yeah, yeah. March Madness is canceled. 
Wow, that, that's like, some, that's some unfortunate shit. news to break to the <laughs> listeners of ninety eight point one. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, there's at least one person out there probably who found that out. You from win me. the you win the like flex the contest. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I'm trying. What else from Kentucky did we see? the tight end room? I wonder be, about um, Nick Elksness because he's a name that you heard out of camp last year, popping, catching the ball. Can't see the field. I know in Billy's offense. Blocking is more of a premium at the tight end position, but given uh, Xander's has kind of struggled catching, so oh, he's I wonder so. if Elksness will be able to find the field. I don't know if anyone else in that tight end room really has great pass catch potential, but yeah, I would like to see. We definitely need. Keon had one nice play. Zipper. I always forget. Yeah, Zipper is Arliss Boardingham going to get in there? I was about to say Arliss Godingham. He'll be the starter next season. Yeah. Why yeah. can't he just get in there right now? Yeah, try him. He probably can't block. I don't Good point. He's a he's from California. Mike Shecky can't. He, yeah, we California. He's soft. What I mean. about Hayden? No, no, nothing against. What about him, Hayden Hanson? Is he, is he hurt? Hayden Hanson. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I don't. I'd know. like to see him involved. Hayden Hanson is the next what? George Kittle. If it were uh, Billy, will tell you that he's the next what? Uh, Tony Gonzalez. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Billy loves him. Yeah. Now, best thing is like, but this offense, it's not like Miami, and it's not like San Francisco. It requires a tight end that isn't like Mike Isicki. It requires a tight end that's like Mark Andrews, that's like George Kittle, that yeah. is can block, can catch short passes and turn them into can catch a five yard pass, turn it into a twelve yard game, mm-hmm. and then block well. I mean, that's what the tight end. I mean, that's just tight ends are a huge part of this offense. I just don't believe that we have any that can that are complete that can do. The necessary things, both blocking wise and in the passing game. Yeah, I agree. That's definitely something we're lacking in, and I think you're seeing it on the field, especially when we're trying to get complete passes in space. Like these guys just can't get open. You're seeing it with the receiving room too, and I think it's especially Anthony when he doesn't have confidence last year. You need your receivers to kind of help you to get. You throw them open, but you need them to kind of help you to come back to the ball and make plays. Like they certainly weren't helping him last week, especially on a night when he was struggling. And that's just if his confidence goes down against. A Georgia, an A and M, maybe even a Florida State at the end of the season, that could be a potential issue. Liz Frank, <laughs> did you read it? Liz Frank. Yeah, j- just some mild breaking news from Miami. Just very mild. But Xavier Restrepo, their best receiver, is mm-hmm. out indefinitely with Liz Frank. Really? Well, no, they yeah. said. Foot. Oh, that's bad. I'm guessing it's Liz. It's really? Liz a Frank. foot injury versus an ankle injury. Different worlds we're talking. It's bad. No, it's bad for them. It's minor in the Florida Gator world because we don't play them. But but Not major in the minor world. Big game this He's weekend. He's their best receiver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, Dyke. Dyke. <laughs> God. Um. Yeah. Let's do some. You want to do a little national? Uh, oh, we'll USF. get into it. Let's for do our sure. USF record predict. Okay. Not record. Record. <laughs> one and zero. I think we got one and zero against USF. I think they'll go two and zero and three and nine. Three and nine. Yeah, Jeff Scott maybe on the market for an OC role soon. There. I think Jeff Scott went on sports team today. Really? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Nice. It's USF yeah. week. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I think you're talking game for a minute, though. Did oh. the uh, I've gone back and forth a little bit. Going for it on fourth down, though, I could see both sides. I think at the end of the day, it was like in kind of similar to the, to what uh, Billy did in the last drive against Utah. You know, making that drive the final drive. Either we're going to score here or not. I think going for it there was sort of a, if we're not going to convert this, we're not driving down the field anyway. Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of like, I understood it from 
I understood it. No, I, I understand agree with it. it, but I feel like on the first one, the fourth and three, it was early. I would have punted, but even if you want to advance the ball, why don't you try a hard count? And if you don't get it, you just yeah. take the delay of game, and you're still punting anyways. Right, right. I, I, but I respect the ambition to go for it. But you also got to know how your offense is playing on that certain night, and you know the offense wasn't moving the ball. You knew no. it was in a given. You were going to get that fourth down. The defense was playing lights out. You have three timeouts. Maybe you could flip the field, get a turnover. That might have been even been your best shot. Hey, yeah. man, whatever happened, they didn't get it, and they didn't give up any points out the first one. Yeah, so. I mean, right. I mean well, well, they missed the field goal. It, it is what it is. We have watched many Gators losses to teams much worse than this top-10-ranked Kentucky team. I'm over it. I'm over it, yeah. I'm Dolphins over, yeah. win kind of helped a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it did really help. And look, in the difference in the Dolphins game is that same type of situation. Mike McDaniel decides, let's go for it on fourth down and seven. But the Gators don't have a Jalen Moore. <laughs> and then Jalen We will next season, Eugene Wilson. Eugene Wilson. He's starting, and he's and starting day one. I cannot wait for Eugene actually good Wilson receivers. starting day one in the slot. Uh, maybe Good receivers going to be fun be in cool. Gainesville. But again, on and fourth down there, against Utah Creed. in that same spot, like Anthony's running it, no question. Do you think uh, Creed Whittemore is better than Trent? He will be, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I used to cover Creed when he was a freshman on varsity basketball. Wow. Yeah. It was our freshman year. Yeah. No. Creed is an I incredible wonder, athlete. He's w- not even sneaky athletic. He's just athletic. Exactly. Exactly. He's not sneaky. Well, I, I wonder. He's probably better than Trent. Maybe, maybe Mark Whittemore should come over. Yeah. Is it like a quality control coach? That'd be cool. I've talked to Mark before. He's a football guy. Yeah, he is. <laughs> He's, He's a, a football, football guy, guy. yeah. This is a fun team. They are it's very fun. good for Florida. Good for the Gators. Like, right, U-Hauls so is all of a sudden a powerhouse. Yeah, it, it is very good a, for us, exactly. And their top player every year will be a Gator. Um, There's like three or four kids on that team right now who Gavin will play Hill. for Florida. Gavin Hill, Kendall Jackson. Gavin Hill is coming, coming to Gainesville. All right. Reed, yeah. Mike Shiardi here. He's in Gainesville. He's coming to UF. He's going across campus. All right. So yeah. USF picks. Just go. I don't just go. Spreads 24 and a half. 24 mm-hmm. and a half. I think it's a little low. I think we'll cover. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to bet on it, but we'll cover. I'm seeing a bounce back game from Anthony. Predicted stat line. I'm gonna go like 200, 230 yards on in the air. Let's go 150 on the ground. He breaks off two rushing touchdowns, gets his first pass to, passing touchdown of the year. We see a big game from Montreal Johnson. Maybe a few big plays from Trevor Etienne. Uh, and I'm gonna go final score: Gators 56, Bulls 10. Like a six to ten. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Right around where I'm at. Fifty six would be cool. I just think it's a good opportunity, and I think Billy's gonna have the boys. I don't think this is gonna be like in Dan or even McElwain where the guys just sleepwalk through these games. Like, I think Billy's gonna have the boys fired up to play this one. Look at it as yeah. a chance to really bounce back, Hope show so. what you can do. Like, hopefully Brennan Cox gets his head out of his ass. <laughs> he played great against Kentucky. He, he did, but he needs to play better against the run. Yeah. He just, yeah. especially with the our seats. No, you notice it. With He's our seats being as good as they have been, you really get, like, on the field and see yeah. what... The issue with Brennan Cox is he just bull rushes the QB every time. Doesn't even stop to look at the He play. did have a couple... He had a, but he for had the big premium, play. Of course, and he... But the, for the premium position he plays, he's got to keep his head up a little There's a, it, Yeah, because in college, like... It, a player of that positions. caliber, your team needs you on the field every down. In the yeah. NFL, he'll be a third down well, guy. Well, you saw it last week. Will Anderson honestly almost lost Alabama that game. Against oh, yeah. And he looked like Brenton Cox. They, they were bone yeah. I think Dallas Turner's probably that better was than Will Anderson. But, but I want to say this. I, wanna, I, I just, texted you that, and you laughed at it. It was funny. It was funny. I just want to bring this up. Did you guys – so I had actually had an argument in the press box with one of the Kentucky SIDs. Did you think the – who was it? Justin Boone uh, 
picked up targeting was a targeting? No. No. Yeah, I don't the, know what he's supposed to the, do. The, right, yeah, I, I agree. I and I was trying. So the Kentucky SID was telling me that, like, well, you know, if that was Richardson and they picked up the flag, they would never change that call. Something like that. Well, that call, that was more, I don't think it was targeting, but that was more targeting than, than, the, than the, the roughing the passer was roughing the so passer. So, right, so, this, so that's how the conversation started, and it really pissed me off because this guy, so basically, so who was it? Was it Trey Dean? No, who? It was it was a safety. I think. Yeah, I think I'm it was trading. Sure might have been trading. Yeah. So trading, it's a roughing the passer call goes straight to the legs, but it was just like a routine sack, like a routine it a sack. Yeah, I mean, it was a routine tackle, tackle yeah. or whatever it was. It was it was just a very normal tackle, and then the Kentucky guy sitting right next to me goes, "I guess that's payback for the last missed call," and I'm like, "I'm like what?" And he goes, "Yeah, for the last roughing the passer," and I was like, "That wasn't roughing the passer," and he goes, "Yeah, I know this one's payback." Said it wasn't rough in the passer, and he goes, "I know they're paying it back," <laughs> and I'm like, "No, I said it just wasn't rough in the passer," and he goes, "Yeah, they didn't call it; they picked up the flag," and I'm like, "Dude, it literally was not roughing the passer. What is he supposed to do?" We had a whole argument about it, and it was just like so annoying. He's like, "Wow, if if Richardson gets that call, they're not picking that flag up or something." I'm I mean, just, here's the thing, Will. Like, I'm like, I don't know if that's wrong or right, but it wasn't rough in the passer. Yeah, I try to stay really objective, and obviously, you're never going to be completely unbiased when it comes to your opinions on the refs, right? Right. But more so than usual in these first two games, I really feel like there have been a few absolutely abysmal calls that went against us. Yeah. I think any neutral fan, the, the catch they called in the Utah game, you remember oh, that? Oh, goodness. Yeah. That yeah, and the roughing, like those are two completely. Yeah, just clearly just wrong. Refer- yeah. I feel like every game I've watched this season in college football, the refing has just been horrible. And there's a few that have gone our way, sure. But uh, again. Yeah, I mean, of course, we've been in the swamp three games in a row now. That, which is absurd. A mm-hmm. three-game homestand in the swamp. And then we come back and do have another one. Yeah, our life's a movie. We got three <laughs> three night games in a row. Well, That's incredible yeah, stuff. Coming we'll off of a whole Washington season. Three home game. night games. Yeah, Missouri it. It, it really will probably be a noon game or one of those weird, like, 4 o'clock SEC network games. And LSU, I have no idea, but me and William will be in Las Vegas. You guys will be in Vegas. We will be in Caesar's Las Vegas. We'll be, we're staying at the Caesars Hotel. We are staying at Caesars. I'm, I'm very excited. Pretty cool. I will be that college football Saturday. Goodness gracious. That's going to be absurd. I might not leave the sports. Let's skip ahead. Week seven. Week seven. I'll let the listeners know. All right. Maybe we'll do some live streaming from the sports book. Who's playing that week? Okay. You have Alabama at Tennessee, Penn State at Michigan, Clemson at Florida State, USC at Utah, Mississippi State at Kentucky. Game of the year, Arkansas at BYU. That's going to be incredible. Oh. Arkansas at BYU? Be at BYU in Provo. Did you watch? Did either of you guys watch Baylor? And it was BYU? so late again. Okay, so I, I had to. Parts of it. I was also watching the Nate Diaz fight, though. So, I, so my situation was I was working the Kentucky game, came home at 1 a.m., and had to wake up at 4.30 a.m. to drive home four and a half hours to get to the Miami Dolphins-Patriots game. Glad I did that. Glad I was there and got to witness Mike McDaniel's Tyree Kill's first start <laughs> in Miami but, yeah, I missed the BYU game. Yeah, well, under the midnight moonlight, they played an incredible uh, it was like 2 double right? overtime. Yes, yeah, so it was midnight out there. That's crazy. Full moon. That's crazy. It was uh, one of those hashtag college kickers games. <laughs> Neither <laughs> one of them I could mean, make not even a co- At this point, just not even college, just kickers. Kickers, yeah. General kickers. Yeah, the NFL was bad. Kickers. But, um, no, BYU is really good. I was a Bengals and Colts better. Not go well for me. If you would have asked me before, I would have said take 
Titans Texans money line. I obviously I would have lost or pushed, but I thought the Texans were going to win for sure mm-hmm. this week. I live bet the Colts. When they okay, down. fair enough. So. Fair enough. Yeah. That's, that's okay. Well, it was a great after dark spot between the BYU game and Oregon State. Fresno State played an unbelievable game. Two fun offenses. Oregon State Fresno, came out with the dub. Fresno State has another tough game this week. We'll get to that. But Fight on. Yeah. Fight on. I mean, we, we should. I keep, bring, I keep bringing my. I like to bring the football to talk about football. The USC football. Uh, a bunch of football guys tossing around a little football. Yeah. Get, talking football. Toss me the rock. So, yeah, yeah. It's a USC football oh, for that's our listeners. A dime. It's yeah. a good football. So this it's is, a this great is really football. Nice football. That, was, really that was a great uh, one and a half yard throw by San Patosa. Thank you. Thank put you. it on it. Put it on a rope. Two yeah. special. Yeah, but I mean, spot throw. Staying on the topic uh, of last week, before we get into this week, any other games you guys were able to catch? Observations. Uh, the other thing I'm gonna say is my lock of the week was Oklahoma State minus eleven and a half. They won by seventeen, so yeah. we're one to know. Oh, I, I had uh, oh, Iowa State. I, I, Iowa State. Houston spread was my lock of the week. Damn Houston it, no. covered. Wait, they, did they? they? Yeah, they, they oh, covered. So what? And I Wait, found how? out in the stadium. How? I went crazy. Lost, they lost was it three and a half? It was four. Wow. They lost by three, right? Yeah, it was three. In overtime. They should have won, though. They should have won. So we went three and oh. That's Dude, pretty good. Two thrillers for Houston. And you know yeah. the spread on that game with Kansas is nine and a half this week? Yeah. That is a lot of points for a team who's been in two thrillers in a row. But, well, Kansas beat West Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was they killed West Virginia. Jalen Daniels is a good quarterback. Lance Leipold's a good coach. Jalen, I'm gonna get into Lance Leipold later. I think you might know why. Jalen, not Jaden. Jalen, he's better. Than not Jaden Daniels. Yeah. But Jalen um, Daniels is better than Jaden Daniels. Yeah. West Virginia is a dumpster fire. Neil Brown will be out of a job. Soon. How they all they almost be Pitt. Well, they mean, really should be Pitt. Maybe Pitt, maybe, maybe Pitt isn't even that good. So Neil maybe Brown, Pitt, Washington, and Tennessee all suck. Yeah. That's I why we love early season college football. Love it, you love it. You just, you just don't know. Like, Pitt could be a playoff team. It we goes won. to you show. I will never acknowledge the Tennessee Volunteers as a serious contender. Well, we'll find out next week on the SEC on CBS. Yep. That's going to be exciting. Electric. That's that exciting. That's Did you exciting. all see my West Virginia tweet? I thought, I mean, I, I no, when Neil Brown gets fired at West Virginia, I want to start a serious movie. Oh, yeah, Nick Saban. I, think the, I, I hope the West Virginia fans pick it up. And uh, What would you do? Well, I have a hashtag ready for when. when the West Virginia, hash? Hashtag country roads take Saban home. Wow. Yeah. Country roads. I have roads it ready to go. Yeah. Take Saban home. Is he from West Virginia? It's a serious to take I've place. had for a while. He's from West Virginia. I belong. Does he have any ties to the university? West no, Virginia. but I mean, it's not a, it's, it's mostly Mountain Mama. I know it's Where in West Virginia is he from? Speaking but of, if you think about it. Speaking of coaching changes, Scott Frost got fired. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I yeah. Mean, First of all, why did he ever lo- leave UCF? I mean, because he, I mean, he, he played for Nebraska. No, it made sense at the time. Who are they going to hire? I, I I've been talking to Seth about this a lot. He says he thinks Matt Campbell. No, we talked about this too. We all we I said Matt. We both agreed on Matt Campbell or PJ Fleck, right? Uh, Lance Leipold is my my pick for Nebraska. Yeah, who? Lance Leipold. If, okay, I guess if Kansas, Kansas. rattles off like a if three you talk or four to Kansas season. State fans, Kansas State fans. They think Lance Leipold is like what Bill Snyder was. Really? Really? A program builder. Tough. He, he's so would he leave Kansas in that scenario? I think he would. Yeah. For, I guess you want to be the guy. Here's the thing. I like. I wanted to address this. Everyone's saying Nebraska is not an attractive job. I just think you're dead wrong. I, I it's an attractive wrong. job, but not as attractive as it once was. Especially considering Scott Frost was the can't miss candidate. This was the home dunk. Home run, slam dunk kind of guy. 
and you failed. Yeah, but Scott Frost is kind of a doofus. I'm I was talking to Nick Delatore after the Florida game about what it was I mean, just after Nebraska had lost to Georgia Southern. And I mean, we were, I mean, he was like, how do you recruit it in Nebraska? How? How are you going to convince? There's Look at nobody- their classes, though. Look at their classes compared well, to Iowa State, like those I, kind of programs. They Nebraska, do well. there's still the name cachet there. The, NIL wise, you might not think this because it's Nebraska, but they have big time NIL boosters. Well, yeah, they do. The Cornhuskers are the only thing. In they Nebraska. have Warren Buffett money and and people, all those but people. But it's just like they love Nebraska football. It's so it still is hard. It's because hard. They don't. They don't have. Pl- nobody. There aren't good players from Nebraska. They're okay. good players okay. from Texas. U.S., Southern California, and Florida, it's hard to get those kids to just pick up, say no to USC with the USC football here, and say, class rankings from let me the go last, to the, the cornfields. Class rankings from the last five years. No, they, 23rd, 23rd, 18th. Yeah, but they're in the Big Ten. That's not good enough to be compete nationally in the Big Ten. No, but it's well, good, that's good enough, enough to, to com- not be going 3-9 in the Big Ten. Though. Yeah, exactly. And they're getting players I still. I like They pull Campbell. kids from Florida. They pull kids from California. It's like I get, you know, I feel like the media always likes to talk about these coaching jobs in a certain way. Like, oh, well, you know, you're getting paid this to stay at Kentucky and only have to win eight games a year. Like, y- people, I don't think, realize that or don't think about the fact that football coaches, like, to be a successful college football head coach, you have to be wired differently. Oh my god! Like, you have to be so. I don't think the thought process that goes that the media thinks goes through these coaches' heads is actually what's going on a lot of the time. I think, like the attraction of potentially being the guy to build back, you know, what once was a powerhouse program still could be. I think that's a lot more attractive to a football guy than you know the media might. Make That's it a out fair to be, point. You know? My only thing of why it's not as attractive of his job as it once was, the Big Ten, it, besides the SEC, the Big Ten is the most competitive place to be in college football right now. Yeah. Nebraska, it's not that they're lacking in resources, but I don't know how their facilities are particularly. Yeah. Like in like Big Will said, it is hard to win those recruiting battles against USC, and especially when you're recruiting the Midwest because that's Nebraska's main base. Mm-hmm. You're going against Notre Dame. I mean, look, they're 0-2, but Marcus Freeman's a hell of a recruiter. So is Tommy Reese. Mm -hmm. They have the number two class nationally right now. You're going against Ohio State. You're going against Michigan. You're going against Michigan State. Talk is there now. Like, he's – even Mike Loxley over at Maryland, he's kind of doing well in the DMV. Recruiting-wise, yeah. I'm not doubting that you could get a good coach in Nebraska to get that thing to work out. I'm a big Matt Campbell fan. I thought he should have been the USC hire at the time until I realized college football was just batshit crazy now and Lincoln Riley was leaving. But – I, I don't know. I yeah. just I, if you're name me a place that where do you think like Nebraska is a better job than like of a potential opening? Well, well what are potential openings? I, mean, I don't even Georgia know. Georgia Tech will be open. That's not West Virginia. Serious. Like let's compare it to the openings last year. What would you rather be like Nebraska or? Yeah. But last year was an outlier. Yeah, I guess there were so many good. I'm just saying like you look at the classes Scott Frost was able to bring in like rankings wise, and. There were sort of some unbalanced classes. Like, clearly he didn't stack, like, the defense and the line of scrimmage well enough. But a competent developer is going to be able to take, like, those 20th-ranked classes. And you're in the Big Ten West. Yeah. Like, but the Big Ten West that's isn't good exist. enough to win. If it's you're, not going to exist in a couple of years, though. It's just going to be, like, pods yeah. and rotating. But the money is there, though. The all, money's there. All the, the coaching. I, the NIL money is the there. The salaries. Sure. And the coaching salaries with, you know, the way that the TV deals and stuff are going to go. The coaching salaries of the SEC and the Big Ten are going to be way higher than anywhere else. 
Yeah. So if you're in like the Big 12, like Matt Campbell per se, now is the time to get out and go to a bigger conference. I agree with you. And speaking of former national powerhouses, before we move on to. Hold on. We haven't even finished our USF picks. Like, I haven't even. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I don't know if we'll be able to score 56. I don't think we just run the ball too much. I would like to score 56. I'm just I'm going balls to the yeah, wall. Yeah, yeah, uh, forty-five to ten. Yeah, I had forty-two ten. I've done that before. Perfect. So we all have them scoring ten and all of us score, uh, scoring mm-hmm. a lot. So we'll cover forty-four well, and a half. We I cover that. I was going to yeah, say they can't, before we get into our predictions for this week, we do kind of have to recap the crazy week of college football. I don't know, man. We it's already already been forty-four minutes. Well, I, I don't want to recap the whole thing, but we have to talk about the Texas game. Yeah, we have to talk. And Marshall Notre Dame. I mean, uh, I wasn't really watching a lot that happened. one, but Texas, yeah. I was watching. That was crazy. I tried to watch what I could. I had my little brother over. Uh, that was he got a taste of college. At, when I saw him at the tailgate, I was like, "Wow!" So um, I was sober and I like <laughs> felt drunk. I was like, "Oh my god, this kid is." Yeah. Here. So Jason Jatobo, we were walking by, and I, I tried to keep him out of like the main like really crowded area, but I had to walk to find Galpern to leave to get, Zach Galpern, our friend, to go. Oh, Jatobo was at the tailgate to yeah. leave. And go to the stadium. So I had to walk through a little crowded spot of the tailgate. Jatobo looks down and sees this four foot nine, twelve year old and goes, Man, you cool as fuck for being here. <laughs> I'm like, wow, <laughs> like he's never gonna forget this. That's yeah. so cool. Seven foot tall. Jason's boys with Jatobo. Yeah, why is he at all of our tailgates? I don't know, but he's a basketball player. You get to just show up places. Yeah, it's cool. Exactly. You're seven feet tall. That's fair. Yeah. He is taller you should than know. me. I no, I should know you right. But he <laughs> but it's I don't like people that are taller than me. I don't like no, it. I'm saying you should know that you can just no, show up. I know. I understand what you're tall. saying. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying I also don't like people that are taller than me. Oh yeah. I feel I don't like it. Um, but no, it, it was it, it was cool to see Kai there. I'm glad. Yeah, great time. What I I talked asked him. I, oh, I asked him what the, what his score prediction was. Yeah. You have to pick well, us I mean, to win. Sure or something. Pick us to win. Yeah. 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 Um. But yeah, that was a good time. Bama, Texas. Um, it's just funny to me how many times. Teams are just so happy and so proud after losing to Bama. I know, and we—that was us last year. Though. Exactly, but it just happens every year. Yeah, but Texas—they ha- lost. I in think a very similar manner to how we. Very I similar. would be encouraged because the defense oh, was the question mark, and they actually—they looked sound on defense. Like open field yeah, no, tackling was really unbelievable. I, was I like, mean, I would be encouraged defensively too, but yeah. I also would be kind of discouraged because Hudson Card looked horrible. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, that's the issue. But now if you want to talk about like next but. year, though, like. Oh, Quinn looked, Quinn looked phenomenal. Good. Yeah, he looked young. That's what the one thing I will yeah, say. He looked young. He was making. He overthrew Xavier Worthy on that one open touchdown in the end zone, and but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he was moving the ball before that sack and the play. It was a little dirty. Turner could, but then again, like, what do you really want him to do there? Exactly. It's it's hard. It's football. It's weird rule. I don't know, but yeah, a good game. I live bet Alabama minus one twenty five. Kind of a cheeky win by me. Shouldn't have gotten it, but whatever. Mm. Yeah. You see that I mean Bijan will be gone, but the defense is young. They look yeah. they look well coached. They do. Uh, who's little the, who's the DC notice. there? I know uh I don't Todd Bo, Orlando? Bo Davis is the uh D line coach. He's a name, but I forget who the D coordinator is actually. What'd you say, Todd? Is it Todd Orlando? It used to be Todd Orlando. No, he is at FAU. Todd Orlando? Yeah. <laughs> Texas defensive coordinator. Wow, this is. Oh, Pete Kwiatkowski. Yeah. Kwiatkowski. Where did they get him from? Washington. He sounds like a football guy. He's a Chris Peterson guy, Washington, Boise State. Oh, yeah. Good coaching tree. Yeah. Oh, 
Okay. It's a football guy. All now. right. So Rakowski. We can do our predictions for this week. Oh, also, sure. um, AM. Yeesh. Oh, yeah. That's Yeesh. Bad. Yeah, I mean, they couldn't get off the field. I know their defense is young, but, like, you've got to be able to shut down. When you know Appalachian State's running it, you have to be able to get off the field. And it's not even just their offense. But, no, their offense looks like, like Okay, yeah. listen, listen to this. Haynes King, he went 13 of 20, 97 yards. He was pressured three times on his 24 dropbacks. Appalachian State did not blitz a single time. So he was not under pressure once, and he went 0 for 20, on throws beyond 20 yards, and one for, not over 20, wait, over two, sorry, makes a lot more sense. And I one, was about to say, that'd be impressive. Yeah, 20, no, yeah, and one for four on yards between 10 and 20 yards, which means he went all 12 of his 13 completions were within 10 yards. Like, it's puzzling to me because I kind of feel like, is Texas A&M not starting their third best quarterback on the roster? Yeah, what are they doing? I we've mean, seen Max Johnson. We've seen Max Johnson. He's not a star, but yeah. he's a serviceable SEC yeah, he's starter. he's a lot better. And, and, and Jimbo was gushing about the true freshman, Weigman. So, I like, is Haynes King not the third best? Wait, I feel Miami's like... Miami's tough. Miami, he, they're going to walk in, and, like, Miami's going to be able to move the ball at will on yeah. A&M. And I don't know about at will, but... I don't know. You're going to have to score more than 20, though. Yeah. They're going to have to score more than 20. Oh, yeah. Can they? I don't know. They're the second lowest scoring team in the conference. Or the lowest I feel like Haynes King's not going to finish that. Right, can game. we talk about this game? Because I, I do. I know we're maybe skipping a lot, but I want to talk about this game. A&M, Miami, Miami and M because it's actually really interesting to me. And because I feel like before last week, I think we all kind of thought A&M would just steamroll them. But I mean, if Appalachian State can go in there and I, I don't want to say it was dominant because it was only a three point win, but I mean, they were pretty dominant. Like they were dominant. Like A&M, but I would say like dominant. Like the the game flow. I mean. Appalachian State had complete and utter control in that game for 60 minutes. They were bullied. Yeah, they, like, they were uh, bullied. yeah, A&M got bullied. Can Miami replicate that? Can A&M avoid doing that again? Like, what, what, can, is this gonna, are we going to see this? Like, can A&M bounce back and, 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 and take down Miami? Like, Miami's good. I mean, Miami's good, and they have Cristobal, an experienced coach who's won games like this before. But I just – I see Jimbo making adjustments. I see just as – <laughs> just as crystal ball has been in the game for a while. So is Jimbo and Jimbo knows the university of Miami. He knows the kind of talent mm-hmm. he's playing with. He knows the type of scheming he's getting into. So I, I actually see A&M eking this one out. I think Miami, they're might, five and a half point favorites. My, Miami's, I think Miami might cover the points, but I just think A&M has too much talent to not pick it up this week, especially against Miami. I think they're the more talented team. Then again, Miami does have a very good offense. Henry Parrish has been firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. The season. Yeah. yeah. Well, this game, I'm going to call it the insufferable because they're both just completely insufferable, hateable teams at this moment in time. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who to root for. I'm going to root against both teams. Oh, a and Yeah, but also, like, I don't want to root for Miami. Yeah. Well, Miami's offensive line struggled with Southern Miss. Yeesh. They did. Um, I know this is cliche, and this is what we you could probably say about 60% of college football games, but it's true in this spot. Miami's got to be able to somewhat replicate what Appalachian State did and run the ball because right. Miami at receiver, they don't, they're not super good right now. AM's good in the secondary. And so I think if you get Van Dyke and too many obvious passing downs, AM will be able to get off the field. But again, if Appalachian State was able to like you know keep the ball on the ground. Miami's able to do that. I think um, 
their defense is a lot improved this year, so they should find some success. Uh, that's a hard game to pick, honestly, because you don't know what A&M team you're getting. Exactly. Jimbo doesn't lose to Miami. That's yeah. sort of factoring in for me, honestly. It is for me, too. Jimbo lost to Miami one time at FSU, and it was in his year where he quit. Like Dan right. same, <laughs> as when, so. same as when he plays us, like anytime we play A&M, like Jimbo does not lose to Florida either. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, it still haunts yeah. you. It like, brings back, yeah. like, 13 years old, sitting on the couch. <sighs> Luchez Purifoy gets the pick six, but that's the only points. Oh, the, the 2014 game. That'll forever be one of the most heartbreaking games. Yes. And not that it even mattered for us. Champ was already gone, but I, you just want to beat Florida State. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that'll be interesting. I, I really wonder if Haynes King will finish that game out or if they'll make a change. I think they'll have to. Max Johnson with one of the most puzzling transfers like in recent college football history. Yeah, I feel like he would starting guy at LSU. He probably would. Yeah, he's nothing special about him. I mean, he's serviceable. No, but he's serviceable. And Haynes King really struggling. He looks bad. Yeah, mechanics off. Put in Weigman. Try him again. Jimbo's like gushing over the 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 kid Weigman. So try him out. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Miami. So we are so okay. So we, you're you're both taking A and M, but what about A and M with a spread? I'm gonna take Miami spread. And if they win, so be it. But I, if you were forcing me to just do a pick 'em, I would pick A and M. Spread, I'm taking. Let me see the spread. Five and a half. Again, what you I saw think it's be a close game. from Miami against Southern Miss, A and M's still, I think, gonna win the game at the line of scrimmage. Especially when AM's defense is on the field. I think AM wins by seven. And so this is a spot where we've seen like Cristobal teams kind of get pushed around in these big game spots. The last time he played a physical opponent in a primetime spot, he got blown out twice by Utah. Twice. Utah. So I don't know. I mean, this is a little bit anti Miami bias, not from being a Florida fan rooting against them. But from my days as a Miami fan, they would let me down every single time. And so I can't trust Miami. No, if, I, with, I, with the Hurricanes, like, I'll, see, I'll believe it when I see I it. I agree with that. Like, yeah, I, don't, I, I can't remember Miami going on the road and winning a game they're not supposed to in my no, This my is a spot life. where like nine-year-old do Jake would be dis, like oh, really... But by the down. way, if they I know it's a different game, coaching staff. Get ready for their I, fan base to be unsufferable. Oh, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm for a I can't remember Miami. Yeah, I'm the for insufferable, but I'll go A&M and, and, and the points. Nice. Like, I'll believe it when I see it, Mario. I'm not saying it'll never happen. I just don't feel comfortable yet. So other games this week, there's some interesting spreads. Washington's a three-and-a-half-point home favorite over Potosa's 11th-ranked Michigan State Spartans. Oh, I'm taking the Spartans every day of the week. Wait, wait. That's a game, and Edelman didn't put – Edelman? What's the spread on that? It's uh, three. Washington's a three-point home favorite. Yeah, I'm going to take Michigan now, State. Those are some of the best games to watch in the um, three and a half Washington points. Stadium. is unbelievable. No, that's going to be a really you cool game. You guys seen Husky Stadium? I'm sure you have, obviously. Of course. With, with the uh, – the water in the background. It's a great atmosphere. Oh, I'm taking the Spartans with the points. Spartans are sick. Yeah, you think? They're really good. They've they're looked good. good to start they're the year. They, they, they have a good running points. game. They put up points. Yeah, they're good. Um, that offense is really good. Berger man. and Broussard, the transfer yeah, Berger and backs. Broussard. I have Broussard in fantasy. Yeah. And Ray Davis. The Vanderbilt. I think the reason for this spread, though, is that like, Michigan State had one of the worst secondaries in the country last year. And Washington, with their new air raid coach, they've been airing it out with Michael Penix. The first couple weeks, he's been putting up 300-plus. I mean, Penix is... Kalen uh, DeBoer, Penix. the old Fresno State guy. Yeah, yeah. Because 
The Huge. last staff at Washington left some good players at receiver. Still, and he brought in in a shootout. I'm taking Michigan State. I think offensively they have too many weapons. It's gonna be a good football game. It's gonna be a good crowd. Um, it's a hard. Yeah, I'm. Ex- it's gonna be. It's gonna be a fun game to watch. It's gonna be a fun game to watch. I like the Spartans though. And I, if they, you get three point three and a half points, I like getting three and a half points with the eleventh ranked team in the country that can run the football. Like just the fact that, that like their 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 best aspect is running the football. I like you get three points on I the road. Agree. That's how, that's how you neutralize three a tough road. With which I think is the better. That's team. how you neutralize a tough road crowd is you run the football right down their throat. Exactly. Yeah, I've been up in the air on this. I saw the spread at three, so I might go Washington. But to be a contrarian, I think I'll go Washington because I think I think they might finish the year top twenty-five again. The, the last staff left talent there. One of the more talented rosters in the Pac-12, and with Michigan State's pasty again, I'll believe it when I see it. There we go. I think it's a, a opportunity for DeBoer to make a statement. Yeah, also, I forgot I forgot to mention this during and the And I, I love their home. I love their home it is atmosphere. A home. It is so a that factors in for sure. It's a good point. I forgot to mention this earlier. Um, ESPN FBI gives Miami a 53% chance to beat A&M. Wow. Well, that's a yeah. – I don't like the FBI. Uh, what about this? Auburn-Penn State. <sighs> the spread on that is – That's a fun one. Penn State minus three. Isn't it in Auburn? It is in yeah. it's gonna be so Jordan hot. Hare. So hot. I'm, and this is my lock of the week. Yeah, I was going to damn, bro. Auburn plus three. Why does, that was my, I got to pick another one, uh, brother. I mean, I could, I have another one I really like. I was going to say that was my lock of the week. So Auburn plus three. Fuck. You said it first. <laughs> I'll find another one. I want another one now. I just think, I, I Penn State has not impressed me in either of their games this year, and I just think Auburn's going to be able to swarm them defensively. It's going to be loud in there. They're going to. Go on the ground with Tank. To just I have a new lock of the week. I just I just thought of it. Right. It's, I'm, I'm picking a game day game. Appalachian State minus 11 and a half. Mm. Or 12 and a half. Against Troy? Against Troy. Penn State-Auburn. That's going to be fun because does Penn State have a run D? I mean, the only real team they had to play was Purdue who strictly throws the ball. So they haven't been tested there yet. But even if they have to strictly – like we saw Purdue was able to throw the ball at will on Penn State's defense. TJ Finley has an arm, man. He does, but – Auburn fans want to see Robbie Ashford. That'd be fun. Yeah. I, I like Auburn in that game. SEC by I like story. Tanks, Bigsby, and Hunter. It's I a like statement Auburn, spot yeah. for Harston. It's going to be hot. Give me Penn State. They barely beat... Who did Auburn barely beat last week? <laughs> Give me Penn State. <laughs> I think Clifford's going to have himself a day. He did last year against You're Auburn. You're a big Clifford guy. You're a big Clifford guy. I think he's who do Who do you like better... Sean Clifford or Clifford the Big Red Dog? Who's the better Clifford? Clifford the Big Red Dog. Good call. Um, Auburn beat San Jose State last week, twenty-four to sixteen. Oh. The, uh, yeah, I'm having a hard time picking this. San Jose State. There's so many games where it's too many unknowns to really, really give the people. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm glad it's not my lock of the week anymore. Yeah. App State. I'll put my. I'm on. Put my. On game on day. Line. Can you imagine being App State and you're just like. You lose to UNC. Like, what if you told an App State fan that in that your game against after losing to UNC that your game against Troy was gonna be was gonna be college game day? Well, they'd probably say, "Well, that means we're gonna beat A and M." Well, but like, not even that. Not even that. Like, <laughs> just, but just like just the sh- yeah. like it's like even so, it's just like I don't know why like like, like Penn State Auburn would have been a better choice. Mm-hmm. Like, it's cool, I guess. Yeah, Penn State Auburn would have been cool. I don't know why they didn't go there. Because they want to go to small schools when they can. 3.30 SEC. 
Oh, it won't go to small yeah. small schools when they. But came. no, uh, for my Penn State pick, hey, well, I just you make, sure make sure you say Welsh Washington. Oh, you're great. Yeah. I want to get that on yeah. the TV in the house. Make sure yeah. it's on. Dude, we lost the remote. I've been looking for the remote. Someone else should just bring out their Roku remote. Exactly. There you yeah. go. I'm just there not a go. TJ Finley believer. But like my gut wants to go with Auburn, so that that's hard for me. All right, well, I've, one more. I don't game. even know. I don't I think, I think Oklahoma, Nebraska at noon. Uh, I mean, if Scott Frost was still there, I think I'd go Nebraska sure, but, yeah. eleven for sure because they'd be guaranteed to lose by one possession. Right now, but it's he, such an unknown because like, I'm still going. Nebraska uh, they might spread. get blown Wait, out. Who's, who's they there, could win. Mickey Joseph, he played there. He's, oh, he's the fir- oh, right. He played, he's the first he played for Nebraska black coach. For Nebraska, in school history, in any sport, any first head coach, yeah, yeah, in any, any sport, any sport, crazy, it's insane. I'm still gonna take Nebraska, Nebraska's points. It's eleven. It's eleven now. Wow. Um, I just think they're. I feel like they're a covering machine when they're dogs. <laughs> like, and that might be changed because Scott Frost isn't there. But and I think I they, think they're gonna be a little inspired after his firing. Right. And, yeah, I think and they probably like Mickey Joseph better than they like And that's Scott one thing, Ross, is yeah. the team's going to be inspired, but also the fan base, because the fan base now is rejuvenated and excited. And now you got first game without Scott Frost, you got number six coming to town, Oklahoma. It's going to be a, a rock. There's crowd. no better vibe for a fan base than we just finally fired our coach. Right. Uh, yeah, it is. It's going to be a yeah. – and it's like, if, if I mean, when something good happens, it's like, oh, it's like this can weight lifted off and your also, back. Also, TND posted this this morning. He said that Dylan Gabriel has never had to play in an environment like Nebraska and Exactly. I kind of agree with that. You know, it's funny. So, uh, Greg Joseph, the former FAU kicker, and now the great kicker for the Minnesota Vikings, went to my uh, middle school, high school, my school for 13 years, Donna Klein down in Boca, a great alumnus, love Greg Joseph, great kicker. He told me uh, that the best environment he's ever played in was Nebraska. I mean, we played, uh, I think, FAU, they played. They They played Nebraska, yeah. Yeah, they had a, they had a few good games, you know, a few tough environments. But he said, by they played at the swamp, and he said, well, I mean, FAU swamp is, is it, FAU Florida isn't going to be a great environment. But like as as far as you know, Utah Florida, Bama Florida. But he said that Nebraska kicking off in that game, he's never felt anything like that stadium because I mean they they had the opening kick, and that's just that feeling was was still sticks with him, and that's that's, that's, that's interesting. It's so. Certainly something to monitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's just a lot of really fun non-con games that might have flown under the radar, but uh, Purdue-Syracuse. Syracuse is now 2-0. Oh. That that all of a sudden turns into sort of an interesting game, right? Sean Tucker. Sean Tucker. Garrett Schrader. They're 2-0. Oh. They're playing pretty well up in Syracuse. I'm pleased with Dino Babers maybe off the hot seat a little bit. That'll be fun. Sean Tucker. Texas Tech, North Carolina State. Lock of the week. Let's see. Are we all going to get to 2-0 and oh on the locks of the week? Whoa. This is – I don't mean to interrupt your lock no, of the week, good. but this is kind of big news. The national championship this year, mm-hmm. well, I guess next year, for we, this season, instead of kicking so, off at eight twenty, yeah, we kick off at seven thirty. Oh, that's really good. That is I nice. Like that. that is like nice, that. right? Yeah, I thought it was nine. Yeah, it used was to it, be I, nine. I feel like one, I feel like the Alabama Ohio State. I was yeah, waiting until like nine twenty. Like yeah, crazy. Yeah, um, there's, unbelievable. Uh, there's one more game I want to talk about. Florida State. Well, wait, who's your lock of the week? Oh uh, wait, so did both of you already put one in? Yeah, no, yeah, mine was uh, Appalachian State. Auburn. 11 and a half, 12 oh, right. and a half over Troy. Oh, right, okay. Or USC minus 12 and a half is my proxy. Can you imagine we're all 2 and 0 after this week? That'd be pretty cool. But uh, I'm going to go Texas Tech to cover 10 and a half on the road at 7 o'clock Eastern time against NC State. I have that at the road to Embers, actually. Texas Tech? Yeah. 
I liked how they played last week. Yeah. I, I think NC State's a little deficient in some areas this year. I think offensively they're a little overrated. Like, it's one of those things where, what's his name? Uh, Leary's good, but, like, the scheme, they're not too exciting, and they're they're not high-flying to the to the extent where in a they're shootout. Play, they're playing for McGuire at Texas Tech. They like him. Yeah, and again, they're going to be able to score. So, a ten and a half is a lot. I think they'll be points. able to keep it within one score. Yeah, I agree with you. Donovan Smith looked good against right. Houston. It's a good pick. Um, we got Florida State at Louisville oh, yeah. Friday night. Friday night, right. Florida State wow. is two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Louisville, Kentucky against the Red Sea. What are we thinking here? I'm probably going to take Florida State. I don't really acknowledge Louisville. Louisville just went on the road and beat Gus Malzahn and the UCF Knights. That's not that impressive to me. Mm. A little Jekyll and Hyde Louisville this season. I mean, terrible against Syracuse of all teams. Terrible. You know, even though they beat UCF, though, I kind of expect. I kind of expect. Right? Or was week one at home? No, it was Louisville's at home. But they was week one at Syracuse or in Louisville. I don't think it much matters. Well, I mean, maybe a little. It it does. It matters. Louisville. I mean, a night Friday night game against a formidable opponent. It's a good atmosphere. No, it's their first home game. Right now, that's the difference. Is what I'm saying. It's like the first home game. Big deal. It's gonna be a good atmosphere. It's gonna be. It's yeah. gonna be a tough environment. Here's the um, thing, though. With you make your pick. I'm gonna take I Louisville plus two and a half. I think FSU can win this game one or two. It's gonna be really, really close. But I think I'm gonna take Louisville. The thing at home. I don't, even though they beat UCF, like the reason I was kind of high on Louisville going into the year was because I thought they'd be fairly dynamic on offense with Malik Cunningham. Right. They scored seven in an L. And then 17 at LVU. So, like, it's not happening for them offensively. They're not scoring points. Defense is good. So, or what happened to UCF's offense? Well, they scored 20. Oh, wait. They scored 20. It was seven. Was it 20 20? to 14? Yeah. Was it? Okay. But either way, I think Florida State's playing fairly inspired football. They're better. Malik Cunningham last week. Yeah. 17 carries, 121 yards, and a touchdown. It's not bad. I hate to say it, but I'm going to roll with Florida. Okay. With, with Florida I'll State. have Florida State losing to Louisville like I had all along, and I'll have Florida State beating Clemson like I had all along. <laughs> so we'll keep it rolling. Uh, I think one more game here, and the next, I guess the last of the big games this week. Well, we have Georgia, South Carolina. I think, I think Georgia. That was another lock of the week candidate for me. Yeah. Candidate, not, but 24 points. I think Georgia's going to cover. Absolutely, I agree. Sam? What? Look, you're gonna have the really cool sandstorm lights, okay, which is good. Georgia, oh, is Georgia, South game? Carolina. I said it was a lock of the week uh, candidate for me. Georgia. Never mind, it's a noon game. I don't game. Even need to hear the spread. I'll take Georgia. Yeah, yeah 24, it, 20, it's, 20, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a noon game. Sure, it's a noon game. If it was a night game, I would like South Carolina maybe a little bit more, maybe to perhaps cover, but no. Yeah. Um, and then uh, number twelve BYU on the road at Otson. Total, top twenty-five game. We didn't even get to. What yeah. a loaded week it is. It is. We B- didn't almost BYU at Oregon. I like Oregon in that game. Really, I like BYU. I don't know. I just think this is a game that Bo Nix's experience will actually kind of help them. I, I don't I, think BYU is anything special. I think Oregon they, is minus it was three just and a half. Situational game that they beat Baylor last week. Oregon is minus three and a half, but I think Baylor is in a different class than Oregon. I agree, but I just think it's college football. Anything can happen, and I think that's mm-hmm. fair. That's fair. But I like I like BYU. Dan Lanning needs it more, but 
I was impressed by BYU. Last year, they were a good team, but not great on D. They look really physical. Like Baylor, like they went blow for blow with a good and Baylor's physical team in the trenches. Exactly. And then Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall's like a perfect Billy Napier quarterback. He should. I, I was really impressed. He's accurate. He's good on play action rollouts. He's poised. Big fan of Jaron Hall's. I will go BYU. Maybe I think they're better. I trust Jaron Hall more than Bo Nix. And it's kind of, I, I really hope they go undefeated for a while because I want that BYU-Arkansas game in a few weeks to be huge. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. That'd be awesome. Is. So I'm kind of, root, I'm, I'm rooting for BYU. Um, Fair. Anything else? No. Yeah. Those, those, those are the big ones. We mentioned, oh, uh, Arkansas, by the way, really impressive against South Carolina. Absolutely. They, Arkansas the, the, uh, really good. The Sanders twins. They're not actually twins. It's both of their last names. Running back, Rocket Sanders. And then linebacker Rocket. transfer from Alabama, Drew Sanders, looks incredible. He's going to be an All-American. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, Arkansas they're is really now, they're, I mean, they're transferring. They're getting all these great, I mean, Jane yeah. Hazelwood is awesome. Yeah, him too, yeah. And yeah, Sam Pittman, it's, un, Pittman it's unbelievable. Really mm-hmm. Unbelievable still what Sam Pittman I mean, this is the now. guy who helped build Georgia with Kirby. Sam Pittman was his right-hand man. Yeah, Sam Pittman is, yeah. is one of the best program builders in college football. That's true. Hoping Billy Napier can do the same and is the same and continue to build this program to the top and yeah. maybe no, in the, the future. The, not the way he games flipped that roster that quickly is incredibly impressive. Really they is. were a dumpster fire yes. with Chad Morris. They Absolutely. really were. Um, parting thoughts, talking about Sam Pittman, making me think of Nebraska. Their fans want him. He's not going. But do you think Urban Meyer considers it? No. I think it's less no. crazy than you think. I don't think he would, but it's less crazy than you think. No. I think, I think he'd consider it. I don't think it's I think he's crazy. crazy enough, too, but no, he's not going there. Don't go there. Don't go there, Urban. Bad I think decisions. Stoops bad, bad, would bad. be the best hire Nebraska could make. I just don't think he would do it. I think Stoops I mean, is waiting for him, Iowa. He played for Iowa. I don't think Kirk's going to last there forever. Man, that would be is such you, an you, you, Hold on. I feel like he's of, waiting for the speaking Iowa Speaking of job. Stoops and Kirk, did you see the... The Mark Stoops, or not the Mark, the Bob Stoops, um, what's it called? The Bob Stoops cameo on Twitter of him talking about Kirk Ferentz. No. There was a, there was a cameo he did, and he was just kind of like apologizing. Someone like had him do a cameo apologizing to Kirk Ferentz and just telling him, that, you know, it's going to be okay, you know, don't follow your father or <laughs> something. It's so funny. Don't follow your father. Yeah, I'll play it for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you mean, Father? Just, just listen. There, Brian, Bob Stoops here saying hi. And uh, listen, I know you've had a tough couple of uh, two, three years there, but the good news is your family still supports you, buddy, especially your dad. He wants you to know that. But uh, and even though everyone else seems to be against you, sometimes the best advice is to break free from the family business, man. Go do what you got to do. Oh, my so, God. Uh, Anyhow, all the best to you and a big boomer sooner and good luck. Okay, so for our listeners, he's talking to Brian Ferris. Brian Ferris, the O coordinator for Iowa. Right. And he might be the worst offensive coordinator in like Power Ever. Five history. Right. Not, not Kirk, Brian. Nepoti- nepotism 101. Kirk's son, Brian. Yeah, yeah. Right, that's what I meant. But so, and it's just funny because stay in the family business, it's just, <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> Your dad still supports you. Well, he sure does, but not, uh, yeah. not good news if you're an Iowa fan. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, but, uh, yeah, that would be something if Urban Meyer went to Nebraska. And it would be something if the Miami Dolphins beat the Ravens this week to go to 2-0. and 
I know I'd really enjoy that. I know you would too, Sam Potosa. I would. I, I'm feeling good. I, I like our chances. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one, hopefully, in the swamp as Anthony Richardson shows everybody <laughs> that he's, yeah, he's pretty talented still and he can, yeah. uh, he can, he'll, he'll have no trouble with USF because USF is not very man good. Man against boys. A man against, a man against children. Um, that's our show. Thank you all for Week tuning three. us in. Uh, week three of college football. Week two of the National Football League. Fins football up. season is really, it's it's so here. It's so wonderful. Just having football on all the time. Tonight, Chiefs-Chargers is going to be an awesome game. Chiefs minus four. I like the Chargers plus four. Uh, it's just. It's I'm a, guessing it's at Arrowhead. It's at Arrowhead. Uh, Prime video. Kirk Herbstreet will be on the call tonight with Al Michaels. Yeah, I forget. How do we So what's going to happen if I want to go out tonight? And is it just not going to be on? Most likely that's correct. That's such dog shit. It's unfortunate, um, but this is the modern era. Fuck you, Bezos. This is the modern era. Uh, as Al Michaels said uh, in a press conference, we are pioneers of the broadcasting game. And sure. You're not sure, gonna be, if, sure. It's, it's, sure, Al. Sure. <laughs> hey, Al, here's a guy... <laughs> And yeah, actually, I don't know about you guys, but how did you feel during the four o'clock window not having Joe Buck? It was kind of weird. Um, I was, it was okay. I don't know. He sometimes does one o'clock. So I, 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 I was like really tired on Sunday, so I was kind of falling asleep during the four o'clock games. Yeah, but, it would have been nice to have him, but honestly, Monday Night Football, like it felt so normal to have him on Monday Night Football. Yeah, he was good. It, it felt they felt right. That that's what it always should be. There, I, I the more I think about it, I realize. They're going to be doing that for 20-some-odd years. You know, when we, when we like, are, like, you know, when we have kids, you know, to our yeah. kids, they're going to be, like, the legendary Monday Night Football it's announcers. Crazy. Yeah. Like they just are. Like, they're going to be there. And that's why they did it, because they're going to be there for forever doing that, mm-hmm. just the Monday Night Football announcers. I'm really excited, and it's pretty cool. Their first game was Broncos-Seahawks, a really great game on the night, and a bad that's decision right. by Nathaniel, <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett. That's and right. uh, won't back down country. Let's, Let's ride. ride. Thank you for listening to the Won't Back Down podcast with Will Levinson, Sam Patosa, and Jake Lehman, a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network.